Happy New Year's, everybody. We're back with the first pod of this year. Well, technically the second, but the first full week of wrestling this week. Yeah, because that one like some Back to the Future bullshit. <laughs> yes. So, welcome to the We Are Wrestling podcast for 2021. I am your host, Viral Viper, a.k.a. Viper Freeze, with my co-host, The Renegade Enigma. And this week was, I'm not even going to say it was a week in wrestling, it was the week in wrestling. It's the first week of January, which is the week in wrestling. It changes everything. Everything changes And we're just going to get right into it because it is, this episode is literally too sweet. Ah, I see what you did there. Oh, you have no idea where this episode is going. This is just the beginning, pal. (laughs) So we're going to get right into AEW because I know everybody's like, that has to be that has to mean something, right? That has to mean something. Yes, we're going right into AEW. We're gonna talk about it. All right. And we're gonna this is gonna be one of the best podcasts this year. So the show starts off immediately with a, what is it? Sixteen man? It's not eight men, right? It's eight men. No, sixteen, right? Sixteen, eight, sixteen. Uh Eight man, eight man, because it's four on four. Eventually have a sixteen man one day, but yeah. Didn't they try to have one, but like Wardlow got injured, and that's why. That was close. I think that was a fourteen man. Mm-hmm. So it opens up with the Young Bucks in SCU versus the Acclaim. In H two M six one L five nine three three dash four ten eleven twelve one six nine zero two zero five nine six. Y'all have to thank uh, um, fucking Viper for this bullshit. It, like, it makes it fucking hilarious. <laughs> it does. So the match was like, okay, this is how I felt about the match. The match literally went like probably. 15 minutes because I'm not even joking like I watched the match I blinked and the match was over and I'm like what the fuck like and it was a couple like it's really funny because a couple people like tweeted about it. it was like there was a move that was done in a match and at the end of the match and they tweeted about it, it was like oh my god I've never seen that before that was so awesome and that made me go okay so either you're a new Young Bucks fan or you've never watched them in Ring of Honor because they did this spot and like I've seen this spot like at least three times because in Ring of Honor the Addiction and the Young Bucks had teamed up before and they also did a three-way before where they did a move similar to this they also did it in AEW itself no this is this is the first time they did it in AEW you sure because I swear they, they they said it on commentary like you know, they, they did it before. No, no, no. They teamed up before. Like, this is oh. the first time in AEW they've done the um, best melter ever. Yeah. Which is a combination of 
the Meltzer driver with Christopher Daniels' best moonsault ever. Yeah. When everybody saw it, like, they'd never seen it before, it was like, yo, that's so innovative. I've never seen that before. And I'm like, that's totally like four years ago, guys. Like, this, this is not new. And like, all of the true Young Bucks fan was like, oh, I haven't seen that in a long time. But the newer fans was like, man, that was so awesome. I've never seen that before. I'm like, oh, well, you're, you're, you're a new fan. That's cool. Even I remember that. And I'm the one with bad memory. Yeah, and I'm like, the, and I know people are like, you're kind of gatekeeping. I'm not kind of gatekeeping. I'm just trying to gauge a timeline of how long people have been fans of said persons. Yeah. So I'm not gatekeeping. I'm just gauging a timeline. Like, did they find them in New Japan when they were like straight up New Japan and never watched Ring of Honor? Or like, did they just like find them here? That's why I'm trying to gauge the level of like following of them. Yeah, you're not hating at all. Yes. It's fact. Yeah. And then after the match, Christopher Daniels and Kazarian walked up to the Bucks and they were telling them about the thing on Dark where they said, hey, if we lose another match, we're done forever. No more us. We're done. And for some reason, like, they kind of threw out a challenge to him. And I don't, like, I don't want to say they actually threw out a challenge because it was kind of vague. They want the tag team titles, and it vaguely sounded like we're going to do this next week or someone, something close to that. And I was like, this vaguely sounds like a challenge for sometime soon, but it vaguely also sounds like it's a challenge down a road. Like, I don't know if it was soon or down a road, but it was it was a challenge that was threw out there. That was my understanding, yeah. So that's how like the show started. Then we had question though not, not to cut you off though, right mm-hmm. so you know they had that whole rule they lose they're done right mm-hmm. so they broke up if they were to lose this match but it was the Bucks' mm-hmm. fault like say Nick got pinned right would you have to and like we can't really say because it didn't happen but like hypothetically speaking if that would have happened would they have been done because they technically lost the match no 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 they had to lose as a tag team Oh. As a tag team, them two as a tag team have to lose. If they would have lost the eight man, it would have been fine. But them two as a tag team losing, then that would be something different. Okay. Also, does it count with Scorpio Sky? Because Scorpio Sky. Is no, there. no, no. Them two, them two, just them two. Okay. Yeah, just them. Okay. Then we had a. Uh, I didn't like this segment for like a multitude of reasons because it was private party in the back and they're like, you know, they're the drinkers and they're the partiers. And Snoop comes up and they start talking about gin and juice. Like for me, it just like, it came across racist. And I know you people are probably sitting there going, you can't say it's racist. I'm not a white dude. I'm not white, I'm black. I can say it's racist because I felt violated. Like they just did this as like a weird black segment. I'm not saying this as, like, and I'm not saying this as a wrestling fan. I'm saying this as a black dude. I felt kind of offended. Like, mm, this is little racial stereotype. Like, this is 2021. Like, leave that shit somewhere else. Like, it felt stereotypish. Like, and I know people are like, well, it wasn't really, ser- it felt stereotypish. 
No, like in folks, I'm Latino, and I kind of felt it. Yeah, it just felt stereotyping, and like it's like it could have just went like it could have went somewhere different, and it would have been like cool, but it just went stereotypish. I'm like, I didn't like that. Yeah. And then Matt Hardy come up and he brings out his contract and he wants private party to sign to him and he's talking and he's like, yeah, you you can keep your Twitch and cameo. That's like three months old. This joke is three months old. Leave it. It was like, it wasn't necessary and it didn't hit and like everybody that like I know that was watching it, it didn't hit for them and it was like, oh, Okay. It was like one of those segments. It was like, oh, it was just there. Okay. Throw away. Mm-hmm. Yep. Then we had a Haas battle. Wardlow versus Jake Hager. Like, I'm like, I'm like, I'm literally actually confused. And I know this is like funny. You know what confuses me? What? Jay Hager was undefeated and Wardlow beat him. And they made no big mention of, yo, Jake Hager is like this big, unbeatable monster. The only person to beat him is Cody. Like, I can't believe that Wardlow beat him that easily. Like, why didn't y'all make a big deal of that? Like, it would have gave more hype to Wardlow. Like, dude, it should have been more hype to Wardlow. That made perfect sense yeah like I, I didn't even think about that and by the way Borlo did beat him with the F76 <laughs> and also in that match I literally thought it was going to be a little bit of inner circle like beef but it wasn't and it just moved on I was like okay was... okay that was a thing I could actually appreciate that a little bit like it didn't go where we thought it was going to yeah but like I feel like it's gonna wind up going where we think it's gonna go yeah eventually cause there's a segment that happened like later tonight yeah like it was something you predicted and like now I see more like slowly but surely like I think it's what one or two like things that have to happen before that happens yeah oh okay and then we had the weigh in between Darby Allen and Brian Cage. And for some people who don't understand, the weigh-in is like another way for AEW to get away from the contract signing like segment when they're setting up a match. So they go with the weigh-in and like the press conference and they try to stay away from just a pure contract signing. It's like, it's something new to spice it up. I appreciate it. But it's, it's all basically the same thing. Yeah, but I pre I appreciate them going. Hey, this is something new. So of course you know it breaks down and Sting comes out, and Taz runs off and it was funny because Taz start Taz goes, "You're done, you're done, you you're done," and I'm thinking, "Oh, he's telling Sting he's done." Darby, next week you're done. You're losing the title. Wait, wait, what? Like, I thought you were yelling at Sting. Why are you yelling at Darby? But that literally fucked me up because I swore he was yelling at Sting. He was like, you're done. You're done. I'm like, all right, he's telling Sting he's done. Darby, next week, you're losing the title. You're done. It's like, I don't I think Sting's the character, the, the AEW character, mind you, has the balls to say that to Sting. 
Yeah, I think he might actually be scared of Sting a little bit. Yeah. Now, has it been like the actual like man or the ECW version? Yeah, he gives no fucks. <laughs> yeah. But the, the character, they, they kind of made him like a cowardly heel, you know? So Yes. So they're going against the little guy because in their way in, like, Cage was legit like 102 pounds bigger than him. It was like 272 yes. to like 270 or no, 170. Yeah, it was like one, like it was one something which actually shocked me. It was like Darby is like a little dude. I didn't thought he was kind of bigger than that. Yeah. But now to the MJF segment that we're talking about. Mm-hmm. Where MJF was in the back and he confronted Jake Hager. And I like, I know I've seen this coming where he was like going to try to take over the inner circle. But like I kind of just thought that they would play it out a little bit longer, but like it kind of like it kind of went right there, like, hey. Yeah, listen, I got this. And he's like, you know, all right. Like, did you did you see like Jake Hager, like his response to him was like he kind of was listening to him a little bit harder than he should have, and it was like Yeah. Yeah. He was, yeah. He was pissed that Wardo beat him. Basically, like that's the segment that made the big deal out of the whole thing. With they should have been yeah. moving the match. And like uh-uh. MJ was like, yeah, you know, I know you're undefeated. You, you were undefeated. You're undefeated in MMA, though. You're like, you're Jake freaking Hagar. Like, you're a big deal. And then, like, Jake Hagar said some shit to the fact, like, you know, when you came in here, I was gonna whoop your ass. But I respect the fact that you came in here. And, like, it's, like, it's just, it's going a little faster than I thought. Like, so, probably by the pay-per-view which is in February like is it going to be the end of the inner circle and they're going to turn on Jericho yeah yeah I see like because so already he has talked to Santana and Ortiz and kind of got them behind him he's talked to Jake he just needs to talk to Sammy and I think it's like one more person in the circle Ward not Chris, but Wardlow been with him since the beginning, so I don't think that'll be. Yes, yeah, so the only one is going to be Sam. Yeah, and I have a feeling like they're going to have a match against each other, and that's where he's going to earn Sammy's respect. And then right after that, he's going to turn on Jericho. Jericho's out. It's over. Yeah. And then we had the women's title match, Abaddon versus Takarashira. Once again, this match, I thought it was longer, but it was like only like seven minutes. Yeah. It was, it was weird. It was bloody, but not bloody because people beat each other up. It was bloody because Abaddon bitter with the blood and was like, oh. Okay. With the little cop out, like he took her under the ring, like the whole, like, I'm gonna take you to hell type of thing and bitter under what? there. 
but she's still bitter. Yeah. It's fine. It's still bitter. <laughs> bitter leg too, apparently. Yeah. Like I guess they were trying to make it like weird and bloody, you know, like I understand. It makes sense. So after that, then they had Cody Rhodes versus Matt Seidel. Well, in Cody Rhodes's corner, the S N O P D O W G was in his corner. And if you guys don't know how to spell that Snoop Dogg. <laughs> but, oh, shit. But yeah, Snoop was in Cody's corner. And I don't know why. I just have no fucking idea. But like half of the timeline just starts going, this is going to be mad that Snoop is in AEW. I'm pretty sure that's not the case. But like, I don't know why people always continuously go we're gonna make this about the two companies facing each other like this it's like I don't really care I don't care <laughs> so Cody and Matt Riddle had a I mean god damn Matt Seidel had a What's match Matt Riddle? what the fuck <laughs> I mean Snoop was there and he, he was high and it was a Matt and it should have been Matt Riddle you made the joke yesterday and now it's stuck in my head yeah. with Matt high and Snoop it all just goes to Riddle that's why my bad. <laughs> but yeah, Matt Seidel and and Cody were wrestling and then who the fuck came out? I forgot. Like it was total well, who won the match? weird person. No no who came out after Cody beat Matt Seidel. Um it was somebody. Damn. It was um Serpentico and Luther because oh. given the match, like they got like hit or whatever and they got pissed off. So they came in after the match. I don't like to be honest. Like just because they're so random, it just totally slipped my mind. Yeah, that's understandable. And and they got beat up, and Snoop jumped off the top rope and splashed Serpentico. It was like the worst splash that I've seen. It was just like really crazy. I call it a dead frog splash. That's that's how bad it was. Yeah. And then they showed something from Dark. That was I'm a big fan of, of fucking uh, Serpentico and, and Newford though. Kind of want to see more of them. Okay. <laughs> well, now now that they did this, it's probably going to be a feud with Cody and Matt versus Serpentico and Doctor Luther. Yeah. So they showed something on Dark. It was really like cool. So it was Marco Stunt, and he got beat up by Negative One, who called them out and said, Hey, when I get older, I'm going to be bigger than you. That hurt. That hurt <laughs> to me, and I'm not even short. That hurt. Like, I know Marco had to cry, but like, it's good to see Negative One actually be a part of the company, even now when he's young. Like it's like it's kind of cool. The most awesome In, like, thing to that, like, as you would say, like, take a peek, like, behind the curtain, right? He actually wrote mm-hmm. his own, like um, promos. Yes, and that's pretty cool. Yeah, he's gonna be good in this business. Uh huh. I can see that. 
And so after that, they go backstage and they're talking to the the Jungle Express, and they're like, "Hey, blah 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 blah." And all of a sudden, the FTR comes up, and for some reason, they have a match against Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus next week. And Marco Stunt goes, "It's gonna be me and Jungle Boy against you too." And FTR just cracks up because they cracked up and like they insulted him. I have a feeling. He's going to do either really good in the match or he's going to win the match. Yeah. Yeah. I can see that. Like, they, they're, like, what's the word? Underestimating him. Yes. And then we have a promo from John Moxie, and John Moxie goes, I'm back. I'm the boogeyman. And. Kenny, I'm coming for the title, and this and that, and you won't see it coming. Now, I'm going to get into why he called himself the Boogeyman later in the show, but, like, that was like, okay, like, all right, sure, like, you're back, and he's going to go after Kenny for the title. Sure. Before he, like, you go to the next segment, you know, as you're saying mm-hmm. it, and as he said it, right, when he said, mm-hmm. I'm the Boogeyman, I straight up went mm-hmm. to like the WWE boogeyman and I'm coming to get you. <laughs> like in my head. We're actually going to get to that later on also. Oh, okay. Like, there's, a, there's a lot to get to in this show. <laughs> so then we had the main event Phoenix versus Kenny Omega. And this match was really good. Now, I'm going to preface this. I'm going to preface this like 100%. I'm going to preface this and say, I think it was good. It's a good match. I don't think it was even close to the top five matches of this week. I literally saw it and was like, oh, this is a good match. And just went on about my day. And I know people are going to be like, oh, you're hating on AEW. I will explain why this didn't even crack my top five. So it didn't crack my top five. And I was like, oh, it was a good match, but it didn't crack my top five. It was good, but it was like, everybody online was like, oh my God, it's one of the best matches I've ever seen. One of the best matches I've ever seen. I'm like, literally, not even not even in top five of 2021 already. It, it was good. And I'm not saying, oh, it was so bad. It wasn't as good as everybody yelled and said it was not in my top five. Just being honest. And then after the match, it it was a really, really weird thing. So after the match, Don Callis gets in there and talks about, yeah, we beat you up, Phoenix, and we're going to finish you. And then they cut to, to the back, and Pac and Pentagon are getting beat up by Butcher Blade and Bretty. And they just, just beat the hell out of him. And, and Phoenix is crying, and Phoenix is sad, and Phoenix is like, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. And then they start beating up Phoenix, and all of a sudden, here comes John Moxley with Barbie. And John Moxley is hitting him with the barbed wire beef and all that, just hitting him and hitting him. And Don Cowell's like, no, stop, that's the jam. And before he could get another hit in, the good brother showed up and they start beating down John Moxley and Jericho. First thing he goes, Wait, is it? 
It's the Impact Tag Team Champions. They're not supposed to be here. They even brought their belts to the show. And it's like, Jericho, we could see. They're like, they have the belts on. What are you talking about? Oh my God. And like, he just like kept putting over that they're not supposed to be here. They're from Impact. They're the Impact Tag Team Champions. It's like, dude, like we see it. It's there. You don't have to keep putting it over. Like you put it over once and say, oh, it's the Tag Team Champions. We see them with the Tag Team Champions. They're right there. It's front and center. Nothing else. Like it was, like I felt like it was too much overkill on the pointing out, oh my God, it's them with the titles and they're from Impact. They're not supposed to be here. Like if you're going to do something like that, you can subtly just say, oh my God, it's them from Impact, Tag Team Champions, and then say, what the hell are they doing here? Somebody needs to get them out of here. They need to go. Like just keep going like that. Like it doesn't have to be the, they're the tag team champions. Tag team champions shouldn't be on another show. What are they? And it's just like you kept pounding it in our head, like, hey, 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 hey. And I know, like, some people are like, well, what about the casuals that don't know? I'm pretty sure the casuals are watching, and you say it one time, and they see the belts. The casuals are gonna be like, oh, they're not champions from here. They're tag team champions from somewhere else. Exactly. Oh, okay, got it. Like, and it just kept happening. It was like he just kept pounding. And they're like in our heads, and it's like, okay, I understand, I get it, I get it. So, like, as they're beating on Moxley, yeah, like, but like, we already pointed that out weeks ago, and like, I understand this is a new show, but like, it is what it is. And then, like, everybody from the crowd came to stop them, and the good brothers start beating them up, and they're beating down everybody, they beat down the varsity blondes, they beat everybody, they just kept going and going and going it was fucking crazy <laughs> like it was just, like it was crazy and then the young bucks showed up so the young bucks showed up and what do you think happened they defended the company didn't they they did they did they defended themselves because they super kicked the varsity blinds and everybody was like what what? And then they threw up the two sweet and they had it up and the Young Bucks reluctantly two sweeted them. So, ladies and gentlemen, the club is back together. Yay! No. So, here's the the thing, right? Mm Mm-hmm. It's very funny because there was a tweet really early on that day. Now, it ties into what's what I'm going to talk about next because this is all the transition between the, my two segments and this is the intersect of the two segments. So it ties into what I'm going to talk about in a minute. So they put out this tweet with a picture of Dim and Kenny Omega and they just put out the picture. Now, mind you, like, Anybody who's like seen this picture and like knows what it's about is like, oh, okay, this is that was the official beginning of the elite. The day of January 6th, New Year's Dash, when they beat up AJ Styles and they became the elite, Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks. That was the day. And like put that picture out, and then later on having this bullet club reunion was like. Oh, that made so much sense. 
and like it's a still an overarching thing because it tied into the fact that New Year's Dash was on that day from New Japan and everybody just thought oh they're just saying happy New Year's Dash day and that's why nobody figured out this thing and I was like oh okay understandable Yes, you get it? it? Yeah, like, it was like a hint, but nobody picked up on it. Yes. Like, we're going to do this type of thing. Yes. So what was really funny was, like, Tamatanga, like, he, he said something about it. And bad luck. Yeah, and then Fale was, like, cease and desist, and Tamatanga goes, <laughs> yeah, that's totally not a thing. And come to find out it's really not a thing like I've heard half of this story I never heard the whole story because the young bucks was like hey we don't want to do the the crotch chopping and like the whole DX type thing we don't want to do that anymore so they had to figure out a way to stop it so they said that WWE gave them a cease and desist for doing all that stuff. Encapsulated in that stuff was the hand sign. Now, there was a caveat. Nobody can trademark a hand sign. So doesn't matter. Like, like here's the first, here's the first part about that. It's that is actually totally a fucking lie. Like, if WWE wanted to push hard, they would have did it. Because DDP sued Jay-Z over him using a hand sign. Jay-Z said, fuck it, I'm not using a hand sign. Paid him money and said, bye-bye, get the fuck out of my face, broke bitch. That's what happened. Now, WWE could, could have pushed to say, you know what, you can't use this hand sign. But they did, and they said, "Fuck it, is a hand sign. We're not gonna, we're not gonna waste our time trying to sue them for it. Fuck it." What did the young bucks do? They took that first cease and desist paper and said, "Hey, we're gonna play this up. We're gonna, we're gonna work this into the angle." And matter of fact, we don't want to throw up the too sweet anymore, so we're just gonna let it die. Hey, they give us the cease and desist. We can't do this. Hey guys, no more cease, no more too sweet. Oh, sorry. So it never you can still do it. Well, we can do it. We just said that nobody else can do it. What? So technically, they've always been able to do the two sweet. They just fucking played everybody and said, season desist. Got everybody in an uproar. Hey, fuck WWE. We're on the young book side. Everybody shifted the shifted the movement. Everybody followed the bucks because WWE are assholes. They sued them. When when people find out that this is like a swerve, everybody's going to be like, you know what, that's genius, and just go along with it. But I'm looking at it like, dude, like you really just swerved all those people? Like, this is a thing? Like, all of this is part of a swerve? Like, that's fucked up. Yeah, it is. It is. It is. But I'm... I'm so glad that the club is back together because 
they're the biggest, best, and greatest force in wrestling history. They're like, they're so strong. Dude, the Bullet Club is great. They're so strong. So strong. Yeah, no Tamatanga and all them. Dude, the Bullet Club is so strong. But we're going to talk about New Japan. And let's really see how the Bullet Club is strong. Okay. So, January 4th, January 5th was the greatest wrestling shows of 2021. I know everybody's like, dude, it just started. Some other show could be better. No. There's just no, 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 no. There's no, there's no, there will be no other show. I can guarantee that 2021, there will be no bigger show, better show than Russell Kingdom. Fucking, fucking no. Fucking no. And it just, it was just all of this good stuff happened. So the show opened up with a battle rumble or rando. I like the way that they said Rando. And so the winners, it was going to be four winners because the four winners will go on to the next night to have a match for the King of Pro Wrestling title. Now, a lot of people, I swear, either they did not watch, didn't listen, didn't pay attention, or they just totally were oblivious, did not pay attention to this. The reason I remember was because they announced it on my birthday and I remember hearing it and going, huh, that's weird. Four winners for a four-way the next night? Huh, that's so weird. But that's what happened. It was four four winners. The coolest part about the winners of it was, so Bad Luck Fale, Bullet Club, Chase Owens, also Bullet Club, and Bushi, who is L.I.J., Los Ingobernables. So they were in a ring. They were throwing people out. And they get to the 21st person, which is the last person, which is Yano Toru. So Yano is coming down to the ring. They throw everybody out. So with that being said, Yano is still coming down to the ring. Three people in the ring. Yano's supposed to be the last person in the ring by process of elimination. Yano gets in a match without even getting all the way to the ring. His music didn't even cut off, and he still fucking wound up in a ring. It's like, dude, how the fuck did you win? Because it's like so fucking. Because it's so Yano to win a fucking match, not even get in it. It's so hilarious. Yano. It's just so fucking Yano. That that's that's just him. <laughs> so the rest of the night starts with a match between. The winner of the Best of the Super Juniors, Hiromo Takahashi, and the winner of the Super J Cup, El Fantasmo. Not confused with Fantasmo from NXT. Totally different people. This guy's a Canadian. Don't ask. Don't ask what his name's Fantasmo. Don't ask. So they had a match. And a couple things happened in this match that, like, it like it one thing happened that didn't lead it like it led into something else two nights later and then something happened that led into the night the next night because the winner of this would face the junior heavyweight champion the next night in Russell Kingdom. So 
El Fantasmo is he's wrestling with uh, Hiromu and he does a backflip and like he hurts his foot and I was like that's weird so he kept like messing with his foot the whole night and it's like what's wrong with his foot like everybody thought he messed up his ankle and it's like dude what is wrong with his foot we'll get to that later now if you have never seen El Fantasmo wrestle El Fantasmo is really freaking good He's just like a super dickhole and like just as a character and like his character is like so swarmy and dickhole like that you're like I don't care how cool you are you're I just want you to leave. That's how weird he is. Like when you can put somebody on a rope, lay them on the top rope. He laid her Romo on the top rope, mind you. Laid her Romo on the top rope. Got up on the other corner and walked the ropes. Very nicely. While Hiromo is laying on the rope, and then he fucking drops an elbow on him. It's like, dude, it's like, dude, that's not even possible. Like, how? And he fucking did it. He did. He fucking put Hiromo outside. He climbs up on the ropes, the other ropes, walks all the way around to where Hiromo is, stands there. Mind you, walking the top rope, stands there, turns around, complete balance. Just turns around, clear, holds his arms out, and does a fucking moonsault. It's like, you just, like, you have ungodly talent. You're just a fucking swarmy asshole. It's just like, 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 fuck, like, what is wrong with you? So during the match, yes, he's not human. During a match, he fucking stomps on Hiromo's hand, both of them, and like he can barely use his hands. But Hiromo comes back and gets the win. And it's like, dude, like, he's like, I love El Phantasmo. I just wish he was just like his character would change because like he's a fucking dick and he just fucking bugs the fuck out of me. <laughs> that means he's doing his job though. But it's okay, it's a right way to do your job and it's a wrong way to do your job. Like his way of doing a job is just like, I just want to choke him. Like there's other people who are bad guys that you're like, oh, I mean, you, you you're doing your job, but like, I kind of respect you. At the end of the day, it's like I want to fucking punch old Fantasmo sometimes. Like, dude, he was on fucking New Japan Strong and he debuted a new song. He told everybody, I'm debuting a new song. I'm debuting a new song, guys. I'm debuting a new song. I can't wait for you guys to hear it. This is literally what he was saying all over social media. You know what happened? What? You want to know what happened? He walks out and they can't play the song. And literally, Kevin Kelly is like, dude, what is going on? Oh, I didn't give you guys the copyrights. Oopsie. <laughs> I'm like, you're oh, such man. a dick. Like, and the, the thing is, it's his song. Like, he made it. He didn't give them a copyright to play it. They had to black it out. And like Kevin Kelly was so angry. He's like, why did you tell everybody you were gonna play a song? He's like, yeah, I said it's my song. I didn't want to play it now. He's like, you guys don't get the copyrights. I was like, what the fuck is wrong with him? Like he wound up eventually playing it, but he's such a dick. Like that's a swarmy asshole. Like, dude, like you hyped it up so big that everybody was like, yeah, I can't wait to hear it. Nope, you can't hear it. Fuck you. Like that is that's a total dick move. Yeah. Like that is a fucking dick move. 
<sighs> that guy angers me. He boils my blood. Like he's just a fucking asshole. I'm not even fucking stupid. I know you like him. Yes, y'all. So, I'm an asshole in real life too. <laughs> yes. Like <laughs> Jesus. So then we had a tag team match, which was, which was great. Like literally, like up there for one of my favorite matches of of 2021 already. It was the Gorillas of Destiny, Tamatanga and Tangaloa versus Zack Sabre Jr. and Taichi. Now, mind you, both teams are both heels, but they had such a great tag team match. Like, it just was one of those fucking matches that you're like, going into the match, everybody had low expectations for the match, and they was like, ah, it's just a tag team match. No one cares. And plus, they're both heels, and it's not going to be fun. After the match, everybody immediately regretted it. And, like, that was one of the matches I was looking forward to this weekend. And it was like, yo, this is going to be a great match. It's going to be a great match. Fucking killed it. Like, G.O.D. won the tag team titles for the first time at Russell Kingdom. Because every time they defend the titles, they always lose it. This is the first time they actually won the titles at Russell Kingdom. Also, the first time they won the World Tag League that they never have won. Also, they became the first seven-time tag team champions in New Japan, which is like they broke all of these records because they're so fucking cool. But yeah. That was that was great. Best tag team in New Japan. Yes. So then we had a promo. And it was from the boogeyman, John Moxley, who is not allowed to come to Japan because of COVID. And he says whoever wins this gets a shot at the US title and it's like okay dude but like first off these guys gotta leave and then have a two week quarantine and then they can wrestle you and then have another two week quarantine after they wrestle you and that's a lot of fucking stuff to do but it's like alright fuck it it's fine cause now we have an official it's gonna be a US title match eventually so the match is between Kenta and Satoshi Kojima. The backstory to this is it was supposed to be Kenta versus Juice Robinson, but Juice Robinson's eye got busted, and Satoshi Kojima just decided to fill in. The cool story behind Satoshi Kojima is he's a really great wrestler, and he's really old, but he's still great. So him and Kenta had a match that everybody was like, once again wrote it off was like nah it's just gonna be just, it's just there they had a match and everybody's like okay this, this is really good Kenta beat him but it's like this is really good like we didn't expect Kojima to step up and I'm like dude yeah he's 50 but like he fucking wrestles like he can fucking go when he needs to it's not a fucking thing yeah, then we had a match between know, so yeah then we had a match between Tanahashi and the great Okan Okan is like this big kind of big dude and like we like we've seen him as a young lion and we're like okay he could kind of be good and then like this gimmick it just doesn't fit and it's like uh, like it's weird 
but he wrestled Tanahashi, who was like one of the best in the world. And it's like Tanahashi's coming up on the end of his career. It's almost over. It's almost done. And like he just he just wants he won't give up. He just wants to go out with flair and he just wants to be this strong, like this bright light for New Japan. And it's like, dude, we know we can see you can barely walk. You're not even fifty you're not even fifty. You can barely walk. You can't do shit. Like you need to just you need to take time off. You need to get your knees fixed. You need to you need to stop. But no, Tanahashi goes in there and has like this killer fucking match with the great O'Karn. And it's like, what the fuck just happened? Like it's one of those things that it's a match and it's like, how the fuck did you even pull that off? Like, first off, we thought O'Karn would suck. And like you pulled off this fucking great match where he's like fucking beating you down and you're just selling and like you beat him down and he's selling. And it's like, dude, how the fuck did you pull that out of him? Like this match was another match that was way too good to, before it was even supposed to. It's like, what is even happening? Magic. But Tanahashi, yeah, he's fucking magic. But Tanahashi beat him and that was it. Then we had Okada versus Will Ospreay. Will Ospreay is now a heel and he has his own faction and Great O'Karn is in his faction and Great O'Karn was the first one out of the team to lose. So now it's Osprey's turn. He has to fight Okada and he's in his big match and he's going to beat down Okada. This match was like, it was just impeccable. Like it was impeccable to timing and some of the stuff that happened in this match. It was just like, Jesus Christ, like these guys are fucking awesome. Like Okada just like threw a drop kick like at pinpoint accuracy, like he always does. But the fact that Will Ospreay was in mid move while he hit this drop kick made it like 10 times better. It's like, dude, like this is just fucking nuts. But Okada did something that we haven't seen in a whole entire year. He hit him with the Rainmaker. The Rainmaker had he had retired it and started using this new move called the money clip, which is basically like I don't even know, I don't even remember what move it is. I want to say it's like the million dollar dream, but it's not because it's like a sit down version of it. Okay, but he's been like he's been using it, and like no one has saw the, the Rainmaker in months, years, and he finally brought it out and he used it to beat Okada, and the whole entire crowd popped. Like, oh, that's fucking awesome. So then we had the world title match. The challenger, Kota Ibushi versus the champion, Tatsuya Naito. Now, the winner of this gets to fight Jay White the next night. <sighs> like, Naito and Ibushi cannot have a bad match. The only problem with them not having a bad match is they literally try to die each match they have because somebody gets dropped on their neck, somebody gets fucked up really bad and they just keep going. Like the match, it was so good and so deadly at the same time. It's just like, oh, this is so beautiful. And Ibushi won with the V-trigger and then he hit him with the Kamigoi and he pinned him after he did it twice. And it was funny because he hit him with it and he got the one, two, three, 
the ref goes, it's over. And Ibushi has been dropped on his neck throughout the match and beat up so bad that he literally, after he after the ref tells him he wants, he looks at Naito, he looks at the ref, he just he's in confusion. He just lays back down and grabs Naito's leg again. And the ref's like, no, dude, 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 you won. You won. You don't have to do it. And he's like, wait, I, I did it? Yeah, you you did it. It it was really funny. Wow, he did him that bad. Yes. And this was Ibushi's first world title reign in New Japan. But before he can officially celebrate, Jay White, fully dressed up in a suit, comes out and just basically tells Ibushi, great, you did this. No matter what you think, you're losing the title tomorrow because you have to face me. And then he just walks off and told him, celebrate for the night because you're only going to have a title for 24 hours. It's like, Okay. okay. You're probably right, Jay. You're probably 100% right. So then we get to night two. We have the four-way week. Before you huh? go on, question about that before you go on to that, right? Now, yes. their world title, as of right now, is fused with their IC title. Like, yes. I don't know if they're going like, to eventually like, separate them. I, I think word was they were going to try to do that. Now, you just said it was his first world title win. This is his second mm-hmm. IC title win, I think? Yes. Okay. Yeah, this is his second one. All I want to know, yeah. Okay. Yes. And he said that he wants to fuse the titles. And I'm just thinking that's the dumbest thing. But also, Bushi is also dumb because he says there's 25 hours in a day. So we're just going to cancel out what he says and we're just going to move on because he's he's a dumb himbo. We're just going to leave him alone. Just, no one talk to him. Himbo. Just leave him alone. Leave him alone. <laughs> so then we had the four-way with Yano, Chase Owens, and Bushi. Not Ibushi, but Bushi. The dude in the menace. A lot of people get that confused. They're like they're totally different people. I, I know that they have like similar names, but totally different names. But yeah, like they had the match, and Yano once again pulls out a victory from out of nowhere with a low blow after Bushi was knocked out. Cool, low blow to Chase Owens and Bad Luck Fale. Yano fucking gets the win. Yano keeps his KOPW championship. It's just weird. We had a junior tag team title match with Master Wato and Ryusuke Taguchi versus El Desperado and Yoshimuro, Yoshimuro Kanemaru. This was this was a throwaway match. I literally thought Master Watson was going to win. Him and Taguchi was going to win, but they totally lost. And I was like, oh, well, that sucks. It was total throwaway match. Nobody cared. Then it was another match that was like fucking stellar and just definitely match of the year category. It was Shingo Takagi versus Jeff Cobb for the never openweight title. And Jeff Cobb is another member of Will Ospreay's Empire. And they had a fucking match that was just so brutal, beat down, just like 
a real Haas fight that was like, God damn, this is fucking great. Like this is like literally just standing up in your living room going, yes, this is fucking awesome. And Shingo Tagagi beat Jeff Cobb. So Will Ospreay's team lost every match they had at Wrestle Kingdom. I'm just about to end it too. Great way to start a faction. Everybody loses at Wrestle Kingdom. Fuck this. That's how it goes. That's how it goes. And then we had Sonata versus Evil. And they used to be best friends because they were in a group together. Evil turned on the group. And now Sonata, he's kind of trying to get revenge. And the whole story of the match was Sonata needs to turn it up. He needs to turn that to turn his levels up. He needs to get better. Like Sonata needs to do something to take it to the next level. Sonata just is stuck in third gear. He needs to fix this. He needs to do it. Sonata wins. Sonata wins using his own style. Sonata is just Sonata. <sighs> like Jesus. It's like I said, it's just Sonata, it's just Sonata. <sighs> then we go have another fucking awesome stellar match. Horomo Takahashi versus Taiji Ishimori for the IWGP Junior Heavyweight title. Fucking, fucking great. The whole match, the whole match, Taiji is working over Hiromu's hand because from the night before he had an injured hand because of El Phantasmo and he's just working over the hand he's working it over and it's like oh my god and you're like oh my god he's gonna lose he's gonna lose but somehow Takahashi pulls it out and Hiromu winds up winning and becoming the IWGP Junior Heavyweight Champion again and so after the match he gets he grabs the mic and he's like listen I want to elevate this title. And next year, I'm going to headline Wrestle Kingdom. I'm going to do this. And nobody's going to say no because he's really good. So hopefully he can do that next year. Didn't he like technically never lose that title? No, he he he, he did lose it. Oh. He lost it. Yeah, he lost it. If I know there was like an injury like somewhere like before. No, no, he he lost the title and got injured, and then he came back and won the title. Okay. And it's funny because he actually lost the title earlier this summer to Taiji Ishimori, and he lost it because Taiji Ishimori worked over his arm. So yeah, that was a thing. Oh, so it's like an ongoing thing with his arm right now. Yes. Okay. Yes. And then we had the main event was Jay White versus Ibushi for the titles. Jay White is fresh. Jay White didn't wrestle the night before. Ibushi had this very horrific match with Naito. Then him and Jay White have this match. And this match is almost 50 minutes long. It is. It turned into being one of the best fucking matches I've ever seen in my whole entire life. It turned into one of the fucking best Wrestle Kingdom matches that's like 
it was on another planet. It wasn't on another level. It was on another fucking planet. It was out there in fucking Jupiter. It just was fucking great. The reversals, the fucking moves. It just was, it just was so great. Fucking Ibushi hit Jay White with the Kamagoye, which is his knee strike, which he wins with, and Jay White kicked out. So they just, so they keep going and they keep fighting. And Jay White hits him with the Blade Runner, which is like a version of Sister Abigail that's like way cooler. And Ibushi kicks out. Then they just start doing fucking reversals out of fucking moves that you're like, there's no way you can do reversals out of that. And it just keeps going and it just starts building and building and building. And fucking Ibushi had to hit him with the Kamigoye to the back of his head and just knock Jay out and then pick him up and hit him again and then get the win. And Ibushi keeps the titles. And Ibushi is now the IWGP World Heavyweight Champion and the IWGP Intercontinental Champion. He celebrated and right before he can have a cool celebration Sonata comes out. Sonata's dressed up just looking like a million bucks. Like he literally just like he just looks gorgeous. He's a gorgeous man. Not even gonna lie. He's a gorgeous man. He stands in front of Ibushi and they're talking and he basically says I want a shot at the title. Bushi goes, okay. Sonata says, okay, now I'm leaving. Okay. It, like, it, like, you said it. Like, just seeing it, it just really seems, it just seems weird because it's like, dude, like, that's not the, first off, that's not the way to challenge somebody. Second off, that's not the way to answer somebody. This seems really weird. Like, I know you two are really dumb, but it just seemed like, it just seemed like two kids like, hey, I want to play with your ball. Okay. Like, I'll come over next week. Okay. It just seemed like that. It's just like, dude, what is... Like, the match is going to be great. It's just like, they're really fucking airheads. They're two fucking himbo idiots. It's like, dude, like, fucking words, words, say words. They're kind of like mirror images of each other, like a slight bit. Yeah, they're, they're both fucking very beautiful men that are very dumb men. Yeah. It's just like they're fucking airheads. And like somebody somebody had a picture and like they literally wrote the quote like two men, not a thought between them. And I was like, you know what? That's, that's fucking true. That is fucking true. <laughs> and then after that, they have, they usually have like backstage things and they do backstage interviews and Jay White does a backstage interview and he's just like he comes in and he's just distraught in tears and he's just he's just fucking going off he's like this is what you wanted from me he's like you broke me and he just starts going off he even like just calls himself Janie instead of Jay White and he just like he just starts going off and he just he just fucking loses his shit he even says I'm done he's like after tonight I'm done I don't I'm done you, you have broken me I'm done I'm not I'm done I'm leaving he's like I, I my services would be better elsewhere like he cut such a fucking great promo and I am not doing it anywhere close to justice because he fucking turned it up from 
a fucking seven to a fucking 77. He gave such a good promo that it was like, oh my God, you were just like on a, you're in another dimension, dude. Like, how the fuck did you just come from just like, I've watched you seven years. And when they pointed it out, I felt like a dad because they were like seven years. He's been here for seven years. I've watched him since he was a young boy with his head shaved grow up into this guy that is the best wrestler on this planet without a doubt. And he was so good at what he did that everybody thought he was leaving the fucking company. And then on top of that, everybody who talks about everybody who all these people go, oh, this person is the best in the world. Nobody can touch him. Nobody can touch him. At the end of the fucking day, all they were saying was, Jay White is the greatest wrestler to ever leave. And they pointed out once again, he's fucking 26 and he is this good. What is he going to do now? Jesus Christ, this kid is just like amazing. I I promise I am going to do everything in my power to write for this kid one day. This kid, I'm going to, I'm going to make money off this kid. I'm going to be happy and make money. Jay White is a fucking, he's a megastar. And oh my God, like if, and if you want to say, oh, well, does he look the look? Like literally look up a picture of Jesus. Like, well, not the real Jesus, like the white version of Jesus. Look up a version, a white version of Jesus. And you pretty much got a clue of what Jay White looks like. But also when you look up that picture of white Jesus, add muscles, add a toned muscular body to that white Jesus. And there you go. There you go. And put like this, you know how you said um, Kota Ibushi, and I had to say Kota Ibushi so people don't confuse it with Ibushi. And mm-hmm. a lot of our gorgeous men, which I agree, right? But mm-hmm. you have to put Jay White in that shit too. Yes, Jay White. Jay White is the thing is the thing about him being a gorgeous man. Those two are himbos. They like are total airheads, and they're not smart. Yeah, Jay White is smart. He's not only smart in the ring; he's smart outside. He literally can talk you into a match and be like, oh my God, I can't wait to see this match. He literally can talk you into hating him. He can talk you into loving him. He is very smart, meticulous. And when he's in a match, he does stuff that can point by point by point. You watch this match and be like, oh my God, I see why he kicked him right there because he used that as a point later on because he's very meticulous and smart. He's a genius in the ring. He's a genius outside of the ring. He's, like, he has everything. Like, he he has everything. Like, he's just so great. So great. Fucking love that guy. <laughs> like, seriously, like, he's, like, I'm not even gonna say he's my man crush because he's younger than me, but, like, Jesus, I love that guy. Fucking love him. And he's a decent human being. There's more points to him. Decent human being? He's not even a decent human being. He's a great human being. Like, 
like I can't like I know you people like have heard me before just like totally talk about how good he was like and every time he comes around they're like oh my god here's another Jay White thing it's just gonna suck him off you're damn right it's, it's gonna be all over my face because I'm gonna suck him off every time because he's fucking great fuck you guys Jay White is great as a great person he's up there with Ali because that motherfucker is like a nice guy too yes and to like all of you people who's like quote unquote faves that you think it's like Oh, my fave is the greatest. My fave, like, Jay White can't hold a, a candle to my fave. You do know that your fave lost to Jay White. And also, you can credit Jay White with giving you AEW. So, yeah, go on. Go on, go off. Also, credit him with giving your fave the world title. But no, go off and say how bad Jay White is. Yeah, go on. Suck. Yeah, suck me off while I suck him off. Okay, how about that? Fuck you guys, guys, assholes. Since like the club can't say it anymore, suck it. Yeah, no, they can say it. They can fucking say it. They just don't want to say it. No, because they're fucking. According to them, they can't say it. Suck it. According, according to them, fuck them. Fucking assist me. Fucking. No, they won't. We won't get a cease and desist. <laughs> Jeez. But yeah, that that was that was New Japan Wrestle Kingdom fifteen. Awesome show. Yes. Like I've seen clips here and there, so I, I gotta like find like the extra show. On to another awesome show, but precursor. Have to have to put this in there. NXT UK, right? Mm-hmm. Ben Carter, who was on AEW Dark, and I think he was on one episode of Dynamite. Ben Carter is now in NXT UK. Ben Carter was also trained by Seth Rollins. Now, <laughs> this this is actually fucking just awesome because Noam Dar has a has a little um, podcast thing. Not a podcast thing, but like a video thing. Yeah. And on the on the show, right, he's basically, t- like, he's basically talking shit. And then, like, all of a sudden, Ben Carter winds up having to face Jordan Devlin for the Cruiserweight Championship, and they have a fucking killer fucking match. Like, oh my god, like, Ben Carter fucking kills it. Like, oh, this is, it was so good. Like, it was so good. Jordan Devlin won, but like, that match was so good. Like, for like somebody like Ben Carter to just step out of nowhere, kind of, and to step into a title scene, ooh, like he, bitch, he really did good. Like, he did so fucking good. Like, I can't wait to pandemic's over. So, like, we could have Cruiserweight title versus Cruiserweight title. That's uh, eventual. Yes. Yes. So, back to NXT. The NXT USA version. So, it starts off with Damian Priest, who Renegade hated his hair, versus... What the fuck was that? 
It was a man bun. No. Versus carrying. What? Man buns it, are a no no. I mean, I don't think you noticed, but like, men do wear them. It doesn't look right ever. As Booker T, he wears them a lot. But like, Booker T doesn't count because he's an old man, and like, no one really cares what old men do. <laughs> so it was Damian Priest versus Karrion Cross. Now, here, here. So, earlier in the week, well, not earlier in the week, well, yesterday or the day before, it came out that Damien Priest was going to get a call up, and Damien Priest was supposed to show up on SmackDown earlier this week, last week. I was going to say this week, but last week. He was going to show up, and he was going to be in the main event somehow. And then we found out, like, why? Because you know, Vince McMahon and plans change. Because the original plan, which made no sense, why I see it didn't happen. They wanted him to be Kevin Owens' best friend and save Kevin Owens. That makes no sense. Kevin Owens said it made no sense. Jay Uso said it made no sense. Roman Reigns said it made no sense. Bruce Prichard even said it made no sense. So it made no sense enough for Vince to go. You know what? Uh, never mind. Like, okay, that was stupid. It was really stupid. That was really stupid. But here's the thing, right? He wasn't the only call up this was supposed to happen. Okay. So you can kind of blame this one on me. So I'm going to tell you who it is later on, but you can also kind of blame that one on me. But as far as the Damian Priest though thing, Priest will be showing up because after him and Karrion Cross had like this brutal match, like Karrion Cross won. So, you know, when people like that lose, like Damian Priest lose, you're definitely just going to see him on the main roster soon. Do we kind of consider that squash though? The way it went though. Yeah, you you have to. You kind of have to. Because he kind of got destroyed. Like I didn't I didn't expect that like that to that level. Yeah, like but you have to remember, like Karen Cross is like a badass. Yeah. Yeah. But they both are. That's the thing. Yep. And then we had another cruiserweight title match. Santos Escobar versus Gran Metalik, which actually surprised a lot of people, not me, that this was a good match. Well, okay, so since people have only saw Gran Metalik, the WWE version, they thought, oh, he can only do this much. Well, Gran Metalik outside of WWE can do a whole lot. And Santos Escobar also outside of WWE can do a whole lot. Now, when you're in NXT, they kind of give you a little bit of free range to do stuff. So they had a really good match because they had free range to do stuff. Of course, Grimatelic lost to Santos Escobar, but yeah. But he did good, though. That was. Out of the three, 
of um the Lucha House Dragons, as you would say, right? Mm-hmm. He's my least favorite, but he actually proved himself in this match, and I, I actually like him, and I want him to stay in the next two. Yes. Like, I've, I've even said it on this podcast, he's always been my favorite. Yeah, you said that. <laughs> so, then we had uh, Mercedes Martinez promo, and she said that she's coming for Io Shirai, and she's going to take her title. Once again, it totally throws a monkey wrench in my Tony Storm versus Io Shirai thing, but fine. Fine, I'll accept this because it's Mercedes Martinez, and we are huge fans of Mercedes Martinez. Yes. So fine, I'll accept it. And then we had Zia Lee make her return under this new kind of, um, you know, like, you know, kind of racist gimmick of like this Chinese dragon torture thingy, but you know, yeah, you know, that thing. Say the, the entrance was like awesome as hell though. Yes, it was an awesome entrance. But she beat up, um, I want to say her name was Catalina because I think it was Catalina. It was Catalina, yeah. Yeah, she beat the living hell out of her. Like, just, just beat the crap out of her. Like, if I'm not like, Jesus. She's the one that teamed up with Sinkata for a minute. When she yes. Her. Yes. It was like, Jesus, she beat the hell out of her. Yeah. Like, she got buffed out of nowhere. Like, what the hell? Mm hmm. Like, yeah, she, she's going to be someone, like, eventually. Yeah. And Triple H really loves her. So, yeah, she's going to be a star. Yeah. Then we had the kind of just a halfway look of who's going to be in the Dusty Classic. They said Everrise, um, Undisputed Era, Brizongo. Um, Imperium. Uh, I think they also said uh, where's the young veterans? They didn't say them. They didn't say them. They mm-hmm. actually didn't say them yet. Like I swear uh-huh. I've seen them. But okay. That's the thing because they said a bunch of names but there was there were more teams that come. Oh, okay. And like that's what like that's why later on like we'll we'll say like Later on in the show, we do find out that the Grizzled Young Vets are in it. But when they when they made the initial thing for the tag teams, like they weren't they weren't named. Oh, okay, so it was Imperium. Some odd reason I, mm-hmm. I I thought it was the other way yeah. around. Okay. Mm-mm. Like because the Grizzled Young Vets later on were in the crowd, and that's when they said they were in. That's also when they announced another tag team that was in, but we'll get to that in a minute. Okay. And then we had Bronson Reed talk about, hey, this year is going to be my year. I'm going to do something. I don't know why I gave him a country accent, but that was my accent for him. He did have an accent, though. Or like, it, it fucks up every time he talks. It's an Australian accent. Um, Not Australian. Um, um, New Zealand. Close enough, though. It's pretty similar. I mean, he has the same accent as Jay White, but 
I don't know why Jay White sounds so much cooler than his. Question. I guess, what? If it's a thing for later, just like say it was later, but I, I want to say we glossed over something and it was an mm-hmm. announcement of something else with Dusty Rhodes. Later. It was later? Later? Because I swear it was right there in that. Okay. No, it wasn't there because it, was, it actually happened after this match that we we're about to talk about. Okay. Because this this was one of the best matches in my opinion. Yes, it was Rhea Ripley versus Raquel Gonzalez. It they were brutal and beat the living fucking shit out of each other. Like they fucking tried to kill each other. They just beat the fuck out of each other. They just kept they just kept trying to kill each other. Like I mean, like legit trying to kill each other. Like not Naito and Abushi trying to kill each other. What like just wrestling moves. No, these people were trying to kill each other with weapons and wrestling moves. It just was like legit trying to murder. Mm-hmm. It just was, it was just fucking psychotic. Like, and one of the funniest things that like popped everybody who watched it, Dakota Kai got in the match and they were fighting all over and Dakota Kai got in the match and Rhea Ripley beat her up and I jokingly said, stuff her in a locker. Why the fuck did Rhea actually stuff Dakota Kai in a locker and lock the locker? It's like, oh my god. It is my fault. I'm surprised that she actually fit in a locker. And I don't mean like a whole top half locker. I mean, you know, the locker's just like half and half. She fit in the bottom half of a locker. That, that was just fucking amazing. And Rhea put her submission on Gonzalez with a fucking chair which is like fucking awesome and I didn't think of anybody to do that but she did it and then they wound up fighting and going through the stage I was like oh shit and it was a last man standing so Raquel Gonzalez got up and she beat Rhea Ripley and once again like I said earlier in the podcast yes this is my fault because Remember that comment I made to you not so long ago on this podcast, actually? And we were talking about wrestling, and I said, you know what? She should face this person because there's nobody else for her to wrestle. Who else is she going to wrestle? There's no one else she can wrestle. And I literally listed off a bunch of names, and we both said, yeah, you're right. There's no one else to wrestle. Well, ding dong, hello. Rhea Ripley is a person to wrestle, and Rhea Ripley is going to get called up the Raw, and she could might very, very well wind up fighting Oscar for the title. Hmm. Okay. Definitely, one hundred percent my fault. Because I, every time I come on this podcast and say, "Hey, these things aren't right. Somebody needs to fix them." What happened? They get fixed. Rhea Ripley coming to Raw and being part of the women's division fixes a lot of things. Yes. Now, the thing that you were talking about, the women's Dusty Classic, that's where this was announced right after this match. Okay. Yes. So we're going to have a woman's Dusty Classic tag team. I don't know when it'll start, but it will happen. They probably try to do both simultaneously, I guess. 
which would I think probably be hard, but whatever. Yeah, that, that'd be really hard. So we get the police escort of Durgagano way to the building, and they're there to talk about whatever the hell they're talking about because I have no idea what they're talking about. And then somehow Candace calls out Shotzi, and Shotzi comes out and poor Austin Theory tries to confront her and Renegade, this is his fault not mine, goes she should shoot him in the dick she shot him in the dick I I didn't say dick, I didn't say dick I just said shoot him no, you said shoot him in the dick you wanted the ball shot (laughs) so Shotzi gets in the ring with Johnny and Candace and we're like, okay and NXT yelled at me and said, hey, remember that thing you wanted? Here's that thing you wanted. And all of a sudden, Kishida shows up. I was like, oh, that thing I wanted. I really wanted that thing. So it's so they're standing in the ring. Dexter Loomis comes out with a, a drawing of Shotzi Blackheart and Kishida versus Candice and Johnny. And he makes the tag team match. And of course, Kashida and Shotzi bleed Candace and Johnny, which Johnny got pinned by Kashida, which leads to a match between Kashida and Johnny for the North American title. Yeah. Woo. I think I want it. So then, wait, that's where the Grizzled Young Vets were. The Grizzled Young Vets were right there because that's when. Johnny announced him and Austin Theory are going to be in a tag team classic. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So then we had the main event, which was Finn Balor versus Kyle O'Reilly. Now, okay, before I say more, like I said, I don't know if it was just me jaded by wrestling this week because it was so much great wrestling that I was like, okay, this match wasn't as good as their other match. Because I literally was like, ah, this match is good, but it's not, like, as good as their other match. I, like I said, I guess it's because I watched Superior Wrestling this week, but it was like, eh, it's not not as good as I thought. It was it was good, but not as good as I thought. Like, the thing, it was better in their first match, in a sense, because there was some storytelling okay. in there. And I'll let you go into detail with it, but, like, it was mostly because Finn was out for blood and wanted revenge. You know, even though he won the match. Yeah, which was odd because he really did get his blood payback because Finn had him in a submission and Kyle O'Reilly tried to get to the ropes and he couldn't use his arms to touch the ropes. So he bit the ropes. And when he bit the ropes, Finn kicked the ropes, which messed with his jaw. So now Kyle O'Reilly's jaw is hurt. So Finn goes after the jaw throughout the match and Kyle O'Reilly is fighting him back. And also in the midst of that, Finn hits another kick to the ribs like he did before in their previous match and that hurts his ribs. So Finn wrestles the match and goes after the ribs and the jaw and he puts him in a a domino stretch but he locked on the jaw part and he had him down, and there was no other way for Kyle O'Reilly to do but just fucking tap out. 
So Finn got his revenge. Literally. Yeah, he so, them up. That, that that's why I consider it better because it was story to that. Like if you weren't paying attention, you wouldn't like pick up on it, you know? Yes. But yeah, that was NXT. Yeah. So well, are you ready for the not so good show? No. Good. Didn't even lie. <laughs> so it starts off horrible because Hulk Hogan is the first thing you see on Monday Night Raw. And then it even just further just debilitates into horribility when it's Miz TV and they're talking to the New Day and it's just a bunch of crappy comedy and it's like, dude, fuck this, fuck this fucking fight and get this over with. What do they do? They fight and get it over with and it just was... <sighs> the bad part was I zoned out so much I have no idea who won. And I believe Miz and Morrison lost but I'm not sure. Yeah, well, don't count on me to tell you who won because, like, th- like this raw was horrible. I usually give raw credit, but I can't even th- this one. Yes, and then we start off with the Randy Orton. I'm gonna scare all the legends and myself. Show. So Randy comes up and Charlie Caruso goes, Randy. What happened with Alexa last week? And Randy says, she was too wet and I just couldn't burn her. And it's like, dude, just fuck. Like, you just killed a man before and now you won't kill a girl. Like, why? It's easy. Just fucking kill her. And he just goes, you know what? But there's some legends around. I think I might hurt them. <laughs> And then he just walks off, and it's like, dude, I don't, I don't, I don't know what's happening. I just like, I really don't know what happened. I just was so baffled, I was so goddamn baffled. Like, I just, I didn't know what the fuck was happening. So, then we get a rematch: AJ Styles versus Elias. And apparently, no one knows who's the heel. No one knows who's the face in this match again. And. So Jackson Riker gets in the ring after the match because AJ wins, of course, and he tries to swing a, a guitar and almost kicks the guitar out of his hand and breaks it. It's like, oh Jesus, he's he's really strong boy, and he can kick really fast. He's really good. And when Viper says kick, you think somebody hits that your big boot? No, that was legit like karate kick. Yes. It, it was it was funny. Yeah. So I'm gonna run through all of the backstage legend bullshit because it's a bunch of bullshit. So Randy confronts Big Show and tells Big Show, you should go home because no one likes you. And Big Show says, Randy, you're gonna get what's coming to you one day. He tells Mark Henry to go home. You're gonna get what's coming to you one day. Fucking Angel Garza meets uh, uh, what is her name? Alicia Fox. And he tries to give her a rose. Elisa Fox goes, no. 
So he walks off and then he sees Mickey James and tries to give her a rose and she's standing between fully full gear Tatanka and Sergeant Slaughter. And Sergeant Slaughter takes the rose and says, No, maggot. Oh, okay. All right. Whatever. So then we had a tag team match with Charlotte Flair and Asuka versus Lacey Evans and Peyton Rice. So this match was weird and very crazy because Charlotte came out with her dad, Ric Flair. And so during a match, Lacey Evans just starts flirting with Ric Flair. And at first, Ric Flair looked like he didn't want to get into it. And then Ric Flair looked at her and said, you know what? She's blonde. She's super hot. I think I want some. And they start arguing. And like Charlotte winds up losing because Ric Flair tries to trip Peyton Royce and trips her. And she gets the loss. And then Lacey runs out and kisses Ric Flair on the cheek and just runs off. And Charlotte just tells him, get out of here. I never want to see you again. Get out of here. And then he leaves. <laughs> then we go backstage and we see Tori Wilson, who is like 18 feet tall with Nikki Cross. And they're talking and Angel Garza comes up and he looks up at Tori Wilson and says, here's a rose for you. And she goes, hey, Cardi B and, and uh, Ariana Grande is over there in that room. And there's a callback for you guys. He goes in a room and opens the door and all of a sudden, I'm the boogie then. I'm coming to get you. And he pops up and Garza starts running and R-Truth rolls him up and pins him and gets the 24-7 title back. Then we cut the... (laughs) Actually, the 50th time. He's not even joking. It's like legit the 50th time. Oh, shit. And then we see Ric Flair, and he's talking to Randy Orton, and Randy Orton says, you don't deserve that. You don't deserve any of that. You're Ric Flair. You used to be my idol. But I love you, and go away. Okay? Like, I don't know why Randy's been, like, mean to the legends, but none of it mattered. None of it mattered. He's bored. Basically. So... It was supposed to be a match between Mandy and Shayna. Like, Mandy's coming down the ring and Shayna just comes up behind her and chokes her out. And Dana Brooke comes on like, hey, you can't beat up my best friend. You can't beat up my friend. She gets in the ring and she <laughs> she wrestles, she winds up in street clothes wrestling Shayna Baszler. Shayna puts her in a choke. Dana beats her. It's like, okay. But Shayna won't let go of the choke. And soon as she sits up, Mandy hits her with the knee and they both run off. And it's like, okay, that happened. And then we had the Lucha House Dragons versus the Hurt Locker business in the tag team match. The Hurt Locker business fucking loses. How you lose? to the Lucha House Dragons. And then they start a little bit of infight. Huh? Team Lucha, baby. Yeah. They start they start infighting. Shelton's fighting with 
Cedric and Cedric fighting with him and like Cedric just leaves and goes, I got this. And he just walks off and like MVP and Shelton are looking at each other like, what the fuck is he talking about? He's like, I'm telling you, I'm gonna fix this. And he just walks off and it's like, what the fuck is he doing? Like, what is he doing? Like, they were so baffled because I was baffled. They just fucking walked off. I'm like, what the fuck is he doing? What the fuck? Like, whatever. And then we have Bob Lash versus Matt Seidel. I mean, Matt Riddle. Whoa. <laughs> Whoa, they, they both have some great comments. Yes, they do. So, this was actually funny and like, it was with this is the funniest thing that makes this even funnier is because I seen the ending, you seen the ending, we both seen the ending, we popped for the ending. Now, I listened to two broadcasts this week that have criticized this ending. One because they totally missed it and was like, I didn't get that. The other one was because it didn't make any sense. So we're gonna tell you people. It first off, it made sense. Second off, I don't understand how people watch this show and just go, it makes no sense. Like we heavily criticize AEW, but we still watch it and goes, it makes sense. This thing makes sense. Mm-hmm. Like when I said the Serpentico and Dr. Luther thing made no sense, what did Renegade do? He stepped in and said, Hey, it makes sense because of this. Now that is making sense of the stuff. We literally connected dots and put shit together. And it's like, oh, that's why. Regardless some, if you like it or not. Exactly. Some people are just so, like, so fucking brainy. But Matt Riddle gets put in a hurt locker business. I mean, get put in a hurt lock. He's in a hurt lock. So Matt Riddle kind of pushes the referee by accident. The referee goes down, so Matt Riddle taps Bob Lash. And since he tapped Bob Lash, Bob Lash goes, oh, he taps out. So he puts, like, he lets him go to the lock, and he looks at MVP. MVP gets up on the ropes like, yo, we won. The referee turns back around, because the referee seen none of that. The referee turns right around Matt Riddle rolls up Bob Lash, one, two, three, and everybody just stares like, wait, what happened? What happened? Because he finessed him, and that's what happened. He thought that he it was so good. Now, yes. you have Matt Riddle with a win over Bob Lash. Bob Lash wants to get this win back. Now he wants to fight him for the U.S. title, a match that I said months ago was going to happen. Yeah. It's going to be good. Yes. Then we had Jeff Hardy versus Randy Orton for no godforsaken reason. Jeff Hardy got his ear fingered by Randy Orton. He he didn't like it. No one else liked it. We don't know why this match happened. And if somebody tells me it happened because of this, there literally was no reason. This was just a match last night. Like this, this there was nothing behind this, guys. Sorry. No, this was what happened. Why? Randy was bored. Well, yeah, he was bored all night. Like somebody needs to give him something to do. Seriously. <laughs> and also, there was no progression to the team storyline with this. There was nothing else that happened. It literally meant nothing. Nothing at all. 
like no Alexa, nothing. Nothing. So then we had the main event: Drew McIntyre versus Keith Lee for the world title. They had a they had a really good match. They had a really good match, and Keith Lee lost, of course. But they had a really good match. I would love to see it again. Mm-hmm. And now, here's the behind the scenes for for Raw. This match was actually supposed to go a lot. Like a couple minutes was supposed to get shaved off of this match, and they went too long. And this is why the next segment made even less sense in the sense that it doesn't make already. Dude, here's what was supposed to happen. Drew was supposed to end the match. Drew was supposed to cut a promo talking about the legends and saying that he respects the legends, but this is the now time and all of the young guys are stepping up and he was basically supposed to put over the young people over the legends. Then, all of a sudden, magically, Goldberg was supposed to come out, and Goldberg was going to challenge him and talk about, hey, you don't like the legends, blah, 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 and they were supposed to have this back and forth, and that's what it was going to lead into the challenge. Now, here's what actually happened. Because the time got shaved off of the match, well, not shaved off the match, well, it took too long, it shaved off of the promo. So when Drew grabbed the mic, that's when Goldberg came down. So Drew never got to cut that promo. When Goldberg cut his promo about Drew disrespecting the legends and being a new guy, it didn't make any sense because Drew never cut his promo for him to respond to. So it looked totally off. And not only that, they had this little face-to-face. Goldberg challenges him for the title. Goldberg pushes him down. There was supposed to be more of an interaction. But because it went too long, none of that was seen on TV. And it just went to black after Goldberg pushed Drew on the floor. It literally was too much time wasted. Yeah, like, it like, made Drew look weak. Like, I didn't like it. The whole thing was weird because I believe... If, if, and I'm just saying if, if there was more time, it would have made sense because the promo might have gave some credence to why we're getting this match. It would have made it a little bit more understandable where everybody could be like, you know what? That actually actually makes sense. I'm okay with that. But like, yeah, we didn't get that because of the time constraint. Really weird. Yes. And honorable mention because this is like Jesus Christ, this was so good. This was like fucking beautiful. This was like this was art. This was one of those things that like out of promos of the week, this is the second best promo of the week. Jay White's the first, and this is the second. Ali was on talking smack and fucking went off. He fucking went off this chef's kiss fucking went off because he said 
Why do they keep bringing back the legends? Why do they keep putting down the young guys? You keep bringing back the legends and the young guys are right here. You overlook them. He's like, I'm right here. I can't even get on the show because all they're focused on is the legends this week. I don't even have a match. I couldn't even be in a promo. And he just went off on the legends being back and like overlooking the young people and the people of right now, which I totally 100%, 1000% agree on. And it was just like, oh my God, you're spinning facts. I love you. Like you, you're, you were a man. 100%. Fuck it. He fucking killed it. And listen, just very quickly. So Goldberg is going to face Drew at Royal Rumble for the championship. Now, here's like this. This is why like I have a theory, but also I'm just kind of confused. Remember I said that they were going to do Sheamus versus Drew? Mm-hmm. Apparently they didn't. It made more sense. It actually was a story that actually made sense. The thing was they decided, hey, we don't like that match, so we're going to throw this match and like we really don't have challenges for him. Okay, so they threw this match. Now, with that being said, if WWE can actually get their shit together and think about this, go, hmm, make Sheamus do have a little something together. We can push that the Royal Rumble where it actually has a longer build of friends turning on each other to become a big match. Huh. Also, we can add the Keith Lee situation, turn that into a big triple threat monster match for the world title surrounded by friendship and hatred. Ah, oh, we have a big thing. Ah, oh, this makes sense. Wow, we can make a big match out of this. If if WWE, the main roster, can get it right. But like, that's the thing. You hear this, Jay White? He's a genius. Hire him as your writer. Yes, I am. And I just want to bring this up just really quickly. And I know you're going to have a, a little rant about this. So everybody is mad about Goldberg getting a title shot. Yes. Understandable. 100%. Have no problem with that. So somebody said, yo, Sting would Sting be an AEW champion would be Pug. Dude, how? Like, if you don't want Goldberg to be champion, but you want Sting to be champion, and don't give me that, oh, it's Sting. Sting is in worse shape than Goldberg, and he's also 10 years older than Goldberg. How is it not okay for Goldberg to be champion, but okay for Sting to be champion? First off, let me preface this. I'm not okay with even one of them being champion. But how is these two things being okay similar? Like, how? Like, how? Like, how is the hypocrisy this real? Like, how do you... How? Like, the thing is, like, Sting is Sting, and Goldberg is Goldberg. Both legendary, but, like, you can't touch that. You know what I mean? Mind you, I'm saying this, and I'm not okay with that. Definitely not okay with Goldberg. You know? Neither yes. one of them could touch a fucking, like, wrestling ring, like, ever again. Mm-hmm. But, like, that's probably their reason. You know? Just, like, the nostalgia. Like, people are addicted to nostalgia. You know what I mean? Like, that's all listen, it is. Listen. I understand the gatekeepery way that you people protect and stand behind your favorite companies. I understand that, especially when you have 
fucking King Arthur and Excalibur on your side and you just you can't go behind the walls and play with your castle. I understand that because I I understand what it's like to be a gatekeeper in White Knight for something that I really, really love. But understand this. When there are really fair criticisms of your castle and how you put your windows in and how high your doors are and also why your moat does not connect all the way around. When when there are really fair criticisms of your castle, please, for the love of God, just take it as criticism instead of going all gatekeepery and calling in King Arthur and saying, you shall not pass. Don't go there. Just fucking don't go there. Like, this shit is ridiculous. And it's been happening way too much. Like, please, like, the castle, your castle is flawed. The metrics of how it is built is flawed. And you think that it's just fucking, it's just fucking whatever. And if you keep saying, I'm defending this dilapidated castle that is called WWE, I am throwing stones with you. I'm trying to find boulders to break it also. I have no horse in that castle. That castle is not mine. That shiny castle, that that big white one on the hill, that one that fucking is amazing all year around, that big shiny diamond castle, that one that everybody left and some of us still defend, that's the one I defend to the death. That's the one. No other. The one that you're defending to the death is nowhere close to the dilapidated one, and God forsaken, you're never going to be close to that one. So please stop. Stop gatekeeping and fucking help build up your castle and go to the outside and say, hey, listen, I know that we don't have everything right. I know that our our castle isn't great. But listen, we're not going to shit on your this fucked up castle over here. We're not going to shit on that. We're just going to talk about our castle. And hey, fuck it. We might even go over there and try to build up a wall or two on that dilapidated castle. Fuck it. But we're not going to talk about anything else. Dude, fuck it. Fuck. Like, just Jesus Christ, dudes. Fucking stop. Stop defending it. Because if it was reversed and Sting came to WWE and Goldberg was um, over there, they mm-hmm. would love Goldberg and hate Sting. Mm-hmm. You know? But I just... I really... I really just want the fucking gatekeeper castle bullshit to stop. I know it went with team sports analogy. This one is still the same, but like, please, just fucking stop. Just fucking stop. Like, you make my job harder when I actually have a real life anger grievance with humans outside. And it makes me reviewing this company seem so pedantic and like it's just so bad for me because it's like I know that there are flaws but I can't say it out loud because you motherfuckers are gonna attack me and say you're shitting on this because you're this type of person I'm not that type of person I just if listen if I was like the fucking podcast that I listened to earlier today and just fucking completely dumpster and dumpster all over fucking companies, I just would fucking do that. 
But I do want to see good in companies. I do want fucking greatness. And like the way that you talk about how your fucking great castle is, I want to tell you your castle is great. But also, I don't want to fucking look you in your face and go, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't want you guys to do that. Because you guys are just so fucking... Let's talk about... So, yeah, SmackDown. So, it was an okay show. I'm not going to say it was bad. I'm not going to say it was good. It was an okay show. After we go through it, it might actually be good to us. So, going back to something. So, you're saying it wasn't a good show. It wasn't a bad show. It was the show. Yes, actually, yes. I agree. (laughs) And... With that being said, that that just leads us right into the guy who uses that promo, Roman Reigns. Exactly. <laughs> so he came out and he started cutting a promo and he was talking. He just was talking about Roman Reigns things and how cool he is and how much of a dude he is and how awesome he is. And then he called out Adam Pierce. Adam Pierce showed up and he said, Why did you book the match with Kevin last week? And Adam Pierce is like, Listen, I was just doing what's best for the company. Roman said, Do you think I'm stupid? He's like, No, 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 no. He's like, Then you must be stupid. No, 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 I'm, I'm not stupid, Roman. Oh, so Vince McMahon must be stupid. And that was at the point where me and Renegade both said, Yes, yes, Vince McMahon is stupid. We popped. We <laughs> this is gonna get me all sorts of trouble eventually. Yeah. This part of, this part of the podcast leaks one day. This may get me in trouble, but fuck it. Just keep going. So they go back and forth, and then Roman goes, "Oh, so you must be calling me stupid." He's like, "You booked the gauntlet match tonight, so you must be calling me stupid." And then he's like. I'm going to not hurt you for now. And Jay Uso's like, yeah, for now. <laughs> so they left him alone. Then we had Apollo Crews versus Big E. So this match was probably like two minutes long because they hit a superplex off the top rope and both guys got pinned. We were like, what the fuck? So they come back from commercial break. They're still arguing. And Apollo Crews was like, yo, give me a rematch. Biggie's like, nah, man, I just won. Give me a rematch. So he just slaps him. Biggie's like, fuck it. Let's do it now. So this is when they turned it up and had a real match. And they just start hitting each other with like everything trying to kill each other. And Big E hit the big ending and Biggie won. Yeah, they don't don't slap me in the face, sucker. That's exactly what he said. So then we get to the back, and Paul Heyman is talking to Adam Pierce because Adam Pierce is talking with his new co blankety blank Sonya Deville. 
I don't even know what she. I don't know if she's exactly a co-general manager because he's not a general manager. So I don't know what's happening. But she's his partner in crime now. Like his assistant or something. Come on. Yes. Well, she leaves Paul Heyman and him to talk. And Paul Heyman saying, I know you're good. I remember Scrap Daddy. He was so good. And then he goes, what if Paul Heyman, no, Paul E. Dangerously managed him? And he just kept trying to, like, bait him into being into the gauntlet match. And then at the end of it, he says, well, I talked to somebody, and you're now in the gauntlet match. Adam Pierce just looks defeated. <laughs> then we had a promo with Carmella, and Carmella's talking about she wants to face Sasha, and she's all good, and she's cool, and she's this. But yeah, it's just Carmella being Carmella. Nothing special. Yes. Then we had. The tag team title match. In, in this tag team title match, coming into the match, Montez Ford's leg was hurt that no one knew about previous to this. So it's the Street Profits versus the Ace Dirty Dogs, which is Rude and Ziggler. They have this match, and it, the match is okay. And then they start working over Montez's leg. And then Dawkins comes in and is going back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. And it ends with the zigzag slash spine buster. And we have new attacking champions. Going in, I kind of figured they were going to win because they kind of had a tag team entrance. Yes. They still don't have an official name, even though they caught them like... The two aces slash dirty dogs or whatever. Well, all they need is that one little thing and they're officially said. Yes. Then we have a backstage interview with Bianca Belair. And she just announces herself in the Royal Rumble. And before she could finish saying anything, ding dong. Hello? Bailey walks up on her and Bailey is talking about, hey, you threw out all these people. You threw out the most eliminations in the Rumble, but this time I'm going to throw you out because I'm going to be in a Royal Rumble. You're like, you didn't win last year. And Bailey just started talking all this trash. And Bianca was like, but Bailey, I wanted to win last year so I could challenge you as a champion. But when I win this year, you're not the champion because you're a loser. And Bailey's like, wait, what? Like, yeah, she turned it right back around on Bailey, <laughs> which was fucking hilarious. Then they showed the Ryan squad and they showed the, their win from last week with Billy Kay. And Billy Kay came up to him. And before Billy got there, Ruby was like, listen, she's not in the team. So Billy Kay is talking and she's like, hey, I wanted to talk strategy where we could be the Ryan squad. And she's, she's trying to get them hyped up. And Ruby's like, listen, listen, listen. No offense, but we don't want you in the team. So she starts crying. And Liv just goes, but it did. Billy just goes, 
Wait, so that means you do want me in the team. Okay, and she starts playing it, and then she's like, I'm good with Mosh Pits. Look, it's on my resume. And the whole time she's running down, Ruby's like, Liv, why did you say something? She legit used the term Mosh Pitting. (laughs) Yes, that was fucking funny. (laughs) But I'm glad to see Billy Kay in comedy. Yeah, she's good at that. So then we had the gauntlet match. And it started out with Rey Mysterio and Samuel Zenon, who comes down to the ring with a document crew to document his journey because it's a conspiracy against Sami Zayn. People keep trying to screw me over. It's a conspiracy. C-O-N-spiracy. He didn't do that. He didn't do that one. That's our truth. That's our truth exclusive. But he was but yeah. nice though, because he was the number one person in this continent match, even though he was the second person in it. He was the number one person in it. Yes, he was the number two person, even though he said he was the number one. <laughs> so he gets in a ring and he's in there. And all of a sudden, boom, bam. That's it. He gets his he gets his ass kicked by 619. Then, That's my Puebla. Yes. <laughs> then Shinsuke Nakamura comes out. And Nakamura and Rey Mysterio have a match and they go at it. And Nakamura makes some tap. It's like, okay, Nakamura's going to lose somehow. Well, then bartender Cabron comes out because he's next. And he just beats the living crap out of Rey Mysterio and then him and Nakamura have a match and Nakamura beats him and it's like okay so Nakamura is definitely losing to Daniel Bryan right even though Daniel Bryan's already in a rumble then it's Daniel Bryan versus Nakamura a match that I fucking love and I want to see more of yes they go at it and they have one hell of a contest and surprisingly Nakamura beats him so now it's down to one person Who's that one person? Wait, it's you, you skipped the important part though, right? What's the important part? The fact that it seemed like Nakamura went through a face turn after this. Yes. Like that was kind of odd. Like hopefully that continues. Cause I want my fucking music back, damn it. Well, here's the thing. Uh-huh. That's why it is going to continue. Because he got jumped by Jay Uso and Roman Reigns. And they beat him down. And Scrap Daddy comes down. And Adam Pierce is in the ring. And Adam Pierce is standing there like, guys, listen, listen, I don't want to do that. Nakamura's knocked out. Then they beat him down. They super kick him, lay him out. And once they do that, they throw his body right over Nakamura. One, two, three. So now Adam Pierce is now number one contender. So, so yeah, how, how, how do you feel about that, Pierre? Like, it's weird, but at the same time, the way it ended was fucking hilarious because you pointed out, like, 
It looked like Roman won, and he didn't do a damn thing. <laughs> yes. Like they played his music, they gave him his belt, and he's celebrating. And yeah, that's the thing. Yeah. That was like, so now it's going to be Roman versus Adam Pierce, but I have a weird, 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 weird thinking that it's going to be Nakamura versus Roman Reigns. Yeah. Because I think they're going to hype it up. They're going to hype it up. They're going to hype it up. And just when you think it's one thing, screw you, buddy. Oh, no. Yeah. Like, I, I really think that's going to happen. versus Roman, but now I'm like looking at it, like that's going to be a good match. Yes. Now, now I want it more than anything. Yeah. I want that. I really do. Can we make it a hardcore type of match? Because that's like Roman Forte. <laughs> we could, but also something that you jokingly pointed out, which now is now a thing. So blame's all on you. You said Roman has now stole the dick punches from Nakamura. Oh, now God. you have Nakamura versus him. The battle of the dick punchers. Yes. Now, this is your fault. It's AJ Styles yeah. Nakamura too. Because remember that was a thing. <laughs> yes. So hopefully that is the match we get. First one to hit a low blow wins. Yes. That's gonna be great. <laughs> but yeah, that is that was SmackDown. I so yeah, I enjoyed it too. So let's talk about MLW. Oh yeah. This was the I was gonna say the killer in the Coliseum. This was the clash of the Coliseum. This was it was their kind of pay-per-view show, but not kinda not pay-per-view show. And it was like it was it was an awesome show. I mean not super awesome, but it was awesome enough where it's like it's an awesome show. Where like you would enjoy yourself watching it. Yes. Cause the first match was a bunkhouse brawl match with the Von Eric boys versus the Dirty Blondes. It was like it was pretty it was pretty awesome for the six minutes that they had to wrestle that they fought inside and outside of the fucking building and it was over. My question is, right? Uh-huh. Dirty Blondes, is that supposed to be a play on the Hollywood Blondes type of thing? Only thing they're more no. You know? No. no, this was an old school I think it was an old school wrestler named the Dirty Blonde and like that's where they're <clears throat> that's where they're running from because like they kind of resemble him Oh, okay. so yeah, yeah okay. it's kind of an older I thing I was under the impression it was a fucking uh, um, Colonel Robert thing how the fuck say his name Robert Parker Robert Parker thing because you, you know he was a uh, 
Stone Cold's fucking manager at one point, when he, like after the Holly Browns broke up. So he's no, he's the reason that they broke up. Not after, he's the reason because he was the one who came to Steve Austin was like, "Hey, Sonny, I think that you need to step away from that Brian Pillman fella." And he started talking to him, and slowly Steve just like, "You know what? I believe you." And then Steve turned and they broke up the Hollywood Blondes. He broke his ass. God damn Colonel Parker. Now, now I'm just say, well, I can't even be mad at him because Steve was the US champion because of him. So I'm not even going to be that mad at you. So, but <laughs> damn you, Colonel Parker. <laughs> <laughs> but I, th- I thought it was a play on that. Uh-uh. Okay. And then. We had a really awesome match that, like, I kind of wasn't expecting to be as awesome. It was Leo Rush versus Myron Reed. I nicknamed this match the Christmas. I, I know. Pe- Why did you call it the Christmas battle? Myron Reed has red hair. Leo Rush has green hair. Those are Christmas colors. So, yeah. yes. Yeah, I didn't expect this match to be as good. And it's not nothing against Myron Reed. It's just the fact I wasn't I wasn't expecting this match to be like as good as it was. But it was a really killer match. It was it was pretty damn good. Match it was match. really good. yes. I, I fucking loved it. Mm-hmm. And we have this was Leo Rush first time in MLW and we now have him winning the middleweight title. Yeah. Like, that was pretty awesome. And then we had a match that went off of the air. It actually fucking bothered me because it went off the air and it didn't finish. It was Alexander Hammerstone versus Maz Kanata, or whatever his damn name is. What is his name? Kruger. Kruger. Maz Kruger. That doesn't so, you know, is it pronounced Mods or Mads? They said Mads. I'm going with Mods Kruger. Okay. But Mads Kruger, or whatever his name is, he's the big guy that they kicked out by accident because fucking Tom Lawler told him to go get a drink and he left out of what the fuck is it? Dynasty. Dynasty's help because Dynasty had him. So now he's getting revenge on Dynasty by teaming up with the fucking uh god damn, what is their name? Why do I have a blank? Because I don't oh, watch the show and so Contra. Contra, yeah. He's teaming up with Contra Unit. Now he's part of them and he's attacking uh, now he's attacking the Dynasty crew because Alexander Hammerstone is number one is trying to be number one contender for Jacob Fatu, who's a world champion. Yeah, and the funny part so, though that whole like him being kicked out of Dynasty thing that hasn't been revealed mm-hmm. yet. As of right now on television, no one knows who who it is. You know. Yes. Hopefully, it gets revealed and they go that route though, because it actually is legit him. Yes, I hope they do. But they fought so hard, they just went off the air with them still fighting, and that was this week's episode of MLW. Speaking of Contra, they had like a backstage thing. Mm-hmm. They had a match with uh, Myron Reed. 
and them. Myron Reed and Jordan. I forget his first name. Jordan Oliver. Jordan Oliver. I thought Jordan was his last name, but okay. (laughs) It's Jordan Oliver. They're beefing with Contra too, and they got beat up by Contra, and their new member, Sean Devari. Devery. And that's kind of noteworthy because Devari was in Impact not too long ago. Well, I mean, speaking of Impact, what, what's going on over there? Um, their pay-per-view this Saturday. Um, see, because Impact is like a lot to handle because the name is Impact Wrestling, but there's barely any wrestling. Oddly enough, it's, it's way more sports entertainment Yeah. What? They legit, like, stole the joke of mine that I told to Viper and, like, made it a real thing. Because, okay, we have Sue Young, who is the undead bride. Right? Mm-hmm. She somehow down the line became Susie. Picture old school Bailey, but, like, to the next level. More baby-ish, whatever. That's bad type of thing for those that don't know who Susie is. I jokingly said to Viper one day, like, yeah, one day she's going to, like, transform into a third character named Susan and be all proper. Lo and behold, all of a sudden, hello, my name is Susan. (laughs) Fuck. (laughs) That is awesome. Like, I was, like, legit fucked up. And the fact that they made her proper, too. (laughs) That's what you get, buddy. You yeah. did that. Yeah. <laughs> they have um, the Motor City Machine Guns and Rich Juan try to jump, the, I guess, the Super Elite at this point. This was before mm-hmm. AEW. Yes. And like they fucked around trying to jump them, but they got jumped. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking what else? Ethan Page. Ethan Page, yes, yes. He has a match at the pay-per-view, hard to kill and whatever. He's facing his alter ego, get it? All ego, Ethan Page, his alter ego, Crotty Man. Y'all know this is going to be some type of cinematic match. I'm tuning in just for that. And I know there's somebody out there yelling, but you said he wasn't wrestling anymore for Impact. You're such a liar. Yeah, this was taped in November, dumbasses. Exactly, exactly. So, like, he's a free agent right now, legit. Yes. And uh, they had the finals for their um, tag team titles, knockout tag team titles, mind you. Uh, Mm -hmm. It is Jessica Havoc, or I think just Havoc in this case, right? Or tag Mm -hmm. team Nevea, I believe it's pronounced. They're going mm-hmm. against uh, Kiera Hogan and Tasha Steele. Okay. Yeah. That's like most noteworthy things on the show. So. And every time I tuned in the Impact, they were doing some kind of sports entertainment thing, and it's just like, okay, I'm leaving. It's not. You pointed out, like, for a company that legit has wrestling in their fucking like name, there's barely any wrestling. 
Yes. That's a lot more sports and entertaining than wrestling. Not even sports. Well, you know, wrestling. Shit. But, it, you know, like, that decided is good because, like, I like the Susie thing, Susan thing, excuse me. Even though they stole mm-hmm. it from me, I want my check, by the way. Give him his check. <laughs> the karate man stuff, like, wherever he goes from here, I hope he brings that with him. He probably will. Yeah. And yeah, like, I'm gonna watch this paper here. Um, I'm not gonna say I am. I'm not gonna be like, oh yeah, I'm gonna do it. And I know everybody is yelling at me. Rage! You said you watch everything. I'm not watching this. <laughs> and I know someone's gonna be like, oh, it's because Kitty of me is on it. No, I'm not watching it because I'm going to be doing other things. So I'm not watching it. And I know you're going to hit me with the you just yelled at everybody for the other things. Listen, by the time this podcast comes back next week, I will be able to watch it and review it, but I'm not watching it during the airing. Jesus, guys. Yeah, mind you, I said I was going to watch it. I didn't say when. (laughs) Oh, no, I'll I'll watch it eventually. I probably find it the same time you do. Yes. And legally, might we add, not illegally. Yes. Any news you want to talk about? Uh, uh, not really. Uh, I did hear some stuff about Jay White, but I don't know, like, you know. Wait. Everybody's talking about Jay White. Yes. Wait, what? What are they talking about Jay White? Like, Jay White. I haven't heard New Japan Pro Wrestling, by the way. For those that don't know. Well, if they listened to the podcast earlier, like they heard me just singing about how great he is, or you heard the one last week, or you heard the year in review, or you heard weeks ago when people were saying MJF was the greatest, and I kept saying Jay White was the greatest, or the million other fifty times I have mentioned. Jay White. But yeah, that guy, Jay White, I didn't know. Like, I've heard nothing about him leaving New Japan or coming to WWE. I've heard nothing. By the way, also Jay White, the actual leader of the Bullet Club, Jay White. Yes, I've heard nothing. But I do have a lot to say about this issue. I have a lot to say about it. So, okay. Earlier in the day, a tweet from a very reliable source had mentioned that there's rumblings that Jay White is not re-signing. They're not re-signing, and he's got interest from WWE. Now, mind you, the WWE interest has already been way long ago. They've already been looking at him. Now it's just ramping up because it's getting closer and closer to a certain date. Well, so I was like, okay, I saw it. Didn't say anything. I reached out to the person behind the scenes and said, hey, 
what's this all about? Is there any smoke to this fire? They just said, hey, you'll see. So I let it go. And the tweet blew up and everybody started talking about it. So another person that I that I am friends with, that's a source, just tweeted out something randomly about a blade. And it came across as very weird because he doesn't just tweet random shit and he just randomly had blade in it. So I DM'd him and said, is this what I think it's about? He was like, if it's about the thing that, you, that you're talking about, the thing that the kid, yeah, it's about the kid. So we finished the conversation. I said, is the kid actually coming? He said, listen, I'm not saying the kid is coming, but the talks are loud like really loud like louder than they've ever been He's, he said these talks are super loud now let's preface some other stuff I don't even know if we said this on a podcast or like I've said this to Renegade during the pandemic Jay White was in Connecticut and I was like it's really fucking odd that he's in Connecticut I was like that was really fucking odd. And then all of a sudden, Jay goes, no, I live in Connecticut. Like, no, that's really fucking odd because you actually live around um, Alex Shelley because Alex Shelley is a friend of yours who helped you when you were living in the U.S. for the Ring of Honor days. So you brought a house near him, which his house is in Jersey, but you have a house in Connecticut. And while you were in Connecticut... You hung out with Shinsuke Nakamura, which is very fucking random. It's like, that is just like random as fuck. Before you went to LA to film some stuff for New Japan Strong, you were in Connecticut. And then when you left to go back to Japan, you left from Connecticut. So it's just like, okay, was that a sign? Could that have been a sign? Maybe it could have been a sign. But I'm just going to put it to you like this. If he does come to WWE, which is very loudly, and like I said earlier on this podcast, could be a thing, I'm just going to be a little bit upset because I don't get my Jay White redemption arc. That's just me being selfish. It's a arc that's written and it literally is fucking awesome. But once again, it might, it might actually happen. And like as like as we've been talking about it throughout the day, like more and more sharp clues have popped up. And when these sharp clues pop up, it makes you go, there's not smoke to this fire. Like, this is a literally two-alarm blaze. It is fucking burning bright. When Forbes picks it up, out of everybody, Forbes picks it up and is like, yeah, WWE's trying to sign Jay White. Like, okay, first off, that's that's already scary. It's like, yeah, now Forbes has picked it up. Then when Ryan Satin, who is like, he's known for breaking WWE stories or just throwing shit out there just so it can get, like, people can bite on it because it's a story that's coming and he's like I have the exclusive so I'm gonna throw this out there and he threw it out there and it's like okay now this is just 
definitely you just saying it's happening. So now in Japan, New Japan is actually scrambling because they're like, wait a minute, like he may be leaving. And they are really doubtful that he's going to resign because it's starting to seem more and more and more like he's gone. And like I said, it's it's been a very, very highly contested thing on Twitter today because you have the AEW fans who are like, he needs to come, to, he needs to come over here. And then you have the WWE fans who are just like, fuck it, we'll welcome him with open arms. And then you have the New Japan fans who are like, we don't want you to leave. But like in encompassing in that circle, there's a bunch of people who actually are just like, we really don't care. And for me, I until a couple of days ago when he cut the this fucking promo and said he was there for seven years, and I just, it hit me and made me go, my God, I've watched a baby be born <laughs> because I watched him when he was baby Jay White when he was in the corner with the fucking young lion's jumpsuit on fucking helping out until he's this. I've watched the baby be born. I've watched a human turn into a fucking human. I've watched this. I I cannot be mad if he goes anywhere. I will support him because I've watched it all. We tend to do that. So, <laughs> yes, I've watched him from Young Lion to getting in a ring, having his first couple of matches, then watched him in Ring of Honor when he had this fucking banging-ass match with Will Ospreay that made everybody go, oh, Jay White might be something. Then when he returned to Switchblade, and then when he just fucking dismantled the Bullet Club the first time, when he, re- when he put together the Bullet Club, took apart Chaos, like when he just did all of this stuff, when he became the world champion, I've watched him go through all of the stages until this great wrestler. Now he might be going to WWE, and it's like I, I I've watched a baby be born. This is this is it. Like like this is the thing that wrestling fans who say, "Oh, I've watched this from the beginning." This is the stuff that you literally talk about. You literally seen it from the beginning, from day one to now. You've seen it grow. So I I don't want him to go because selfishly I want him to finish the story and then he can go. But also, they're gonna pay you a shit ton of money. You're 26 years old. You need to get paid out the fucking ass. You, your talent, you need the maximum money. You need, like, all of the cool shit you want to be on billboards. The, the fuck, you could be a fucking star. You need it. You deserve it. You've worked hard. Seven years you put into your life to change it. You deserve it. If this is what you want, take it. It's right there. The money and everything is right there. I have nothing against AEW. But he started watching wrestling in WWE. He started WWE. This is a lot that people don't know because they 
like I said, they have never followed Jay White. He won tickets in from fucking Australia. He won tickets to go to a WrestleMania, and that was the first wrestling show he ever attended live. He won tickets and got flew out to a WrestleMania. And he's loved wrestling since he was little. It's he was like WWE was his dream until he went to New Japan. And now it's like you have all of these things that like literally right there at your fingertips. Finn Balor got you into New Japan. He's in NXT. Everything is right there at your fingertips. Like if you want this, you take it. Fuck, Kushida is right there. Nakamura is right there. AJ Styles is there. Just take it. It's fuck. It's just take it. Just take it. I know. I know the AEW fans are gonna hate me, but believe me, believe me. He's better off in WWE. AEW is not for him. Like AEW is not for him. It's. I know that they give you freedom. They let you do this. They let you do this. It's not for him. Trust me, if you care about him the slightest little bit, let him go to WWE. Let him go. I don't want to let him go, but I want him to grow and be good. He deserves every dollar. Dude, like, I'm going to leave that alone. going to leave that alone. I'm definitely leaving that alone. We're, we're not. I'm not even going to talk about that. But yeah, like that's been like the that's been a hot topic in wrestling today. The whole Jay White thing. Yeah. And I just like like I said, it's just it's been from all sides. People just yelling, and I'm just like, if it happens, I'm just with it, kids. I'm just with the kid. End of the day, whatever makes him happy, it's about him. It's not necessarily about us. Yeah, that's what, and a lot of people don't get that because they're like, no, nope, 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 nope. It's about us. It's about us. It's what we want, and it's like, it's what he wants. Like he is the, he is the person. He's yeah. the one signing the contract. It's like we really don't have anything to say. It's all about him. No, 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 no. That's not it. <sighs> Oh, whatever. Because it's also a factor to that, too. Like, when it's money, like, whatever mm-hmm. he's doing with money. But if he's the type of person that doesn't care about money, as you said, he grew up watching another B, that still might be his end, end game. Like, that might be his dream. Mm-hmm. Like, regardless, like, and we, we know how WB treats it, it stars sometimes. Like, he might very well become a jobber going to WB, but he might be all right with that. But at the same time, like, I don't, I totally doubt that he's going to be a jobber. And, like, if Triple H gets his hands on him and if he gets his hands on him and he meets him and talks to him and finds out he's just like another person that Triple H actually loves as a human being. That's why he always makes sure he gives this person everything that he has. If he meets him and he touches Triple H just like Adam Cole did, 
he's done. Like he Triple H fucking loves Adam Cole. Like mm-hmm. he loves him. He he tries desperately to stick Adam Cole in the random shit. Like it's not even shit that actually fucking works. He's just like fuck it. I'm sticking Adam Cole on this. I like him. He could carry the company. He always says he could build. He could build NXT around Adam Cole. Like that's exactly what you have with Jay White. Not that I want him, because I would want Adam Cole to stay there forever, right? Mm-hmm. Eventually, you know how they treat it, like um, NXT and main roster. They kind of treat like a graduation. Adam mm-hmm. Cole going to have to graduate eventually. So a great replacement for him would be Jay White, I think. Yes, but I'm sorry to say, like, Adam Cole does need to go to the main roster because a lot of people need to go to the main roster because they're lacking a lot of depth in the main roster the main roster is stale there's a lot of things they need to do to shake up I know they have the draft and you just move them here there here there here there no you need to literally call some people up I know they don't want to go no you call these people up and shake up the main roster shake shit up because new stories new opponents new matches all of that is what the main roster needs to even be relevant again if you don't have that and do it in a right way, then there's nothing you can do. And I know people are like, there's like a million people on the main roster now. They're not using them. Just like I said, you take them people that they're not using that are just fucking sitting there and doing nothing, like Grandma Talik this Wednesday, you could send them back down to NXT. They'll be perfectly fucking fine. Look wonders for them. Yes, like, dude, like, all you have to do is, like, switch them from the main roster to that roster. It'll be perfectly fine. It'll be perfectly fine. You want, like, you want to make WWE relevant again? Put some new names, new faces, give them opportunities, let them win, let them lose. Fucking bring this shit. Bring this shit. Fucking bring it. Like, it'll be fucking great. Like that's that's all. Yeah, I agree. So they were they were not released. They released the tag teams that's going to be in a tag team tournament, and they go. Jay Atlas and Swerve Scott as a team. August Gray and Kurt Stallion. Breezango. My boys, Everrise. Everrise Rose. Undisputed Error, Adam Cole and Roger Trunk. The Fury and the Furry. <laughs> Drake Maverick and Killian Damo. My boys. Johnny Gargano and Austin Theory. Kishida and Leon Ruff. Imperium. The Grizzled Young Vets. And El Gato del Fantasma. Now. Mendoza and Wild, right? Yes, those two. Now, here's the thing, right? Mm-hmm. 
this is the perfect time for like one of them teams to either get injured or like something to happen. And like you fucking bring in the Rascals. Like it is perfect time for the Rascals. Like bring the Rascals in. Like it's a tag team thing. Bring the Rascals in. Yeah. Although I don't think they're gonna win it, even if they're in it. Dude, listen, listen, the winners get a tag team title shot. If they fucking did it right and you drop the rascals in it and you let the rascals win, like do you know how fucking epic that would be? Like that you just made two tag team stars right there. Just right fucking there. You made two tag team stars. Drop them right in. Boop. There you go. No, that about there you go. I don't think they're gonna let them win though. I know, but like I said, if WWE did it right and they cared enough, boom. Like the, and also, listen, you're trying to get Jay White there. So, um, listen, what if he seen that and was like, oh shit, that could be me? Like, oh shit, that could be me. Like, it would be fucking awesome. Yeah, like that would be perfect. But yeah, anything else? Uh, no, that's all I got. Yeah, like I don't, I don't have a rant that close the show, so I'm not gonna get all angry and. Just yell at people and say, "Yeah, I'm not gonna do all that. I'm just gonna like I'm just gonna just wind down the show and just say this. Wrestling was good this week, but wrestling was good this week in almost every aspect. It was good, just almost every aspect. The one thing that's always bad, and we know this bad is." the fans mm-hmm. and once again WWE fans do not we don't hear them like we don't hear how much they're bitching because we've been trained years and years and years of WWE bad fans to not hear them at all not hear them at all sorry it's kind of like a dog whistle no because people hear the dog whistle this is like we don't hear them because we didn't tune them out. Like they're like they don't exist to us because it's like you guys don't know anything about real wrestling. All you know is WWE your whole entire life. You've never watched anything else, and you think WWE is superior. So yeah, you're like every remark you have on wrestling is invalid. That right there just cancels you out. You're done. You're fucking done. Yeah. So, yeah. See, I can yell at WWE people too, even though they mean nothing to me. See, that's the thing. And also, I also hold you AEW kids a little bit higher regards because you're supposed to be the next wave of wrestling fans. And then each time you do something, it's like you're not the next wave. You're just you're just gatekeeping again. But it, it, it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. 
But before I go, I'm going to shout out to all of the young women who watch wrestling and watch everything and are super cool. You women are the best. You're not, you're not going to follow that up and say, yeah, you're just going to leave it there? No, I thought there was more to it than that. Like, okay. No, that was, no it's not true. Like, I know, I know a lot of women who, like, know, like, a lot of, like, I'm going to say NXT stars before they were NXT stars. Like, for example, yes. uh, um, Damien Priest and whatever, right? Mm-hmm. Like, they know they know him when he was um, punishing Martinez and like that, so... That to me like really impressive. Yes. So, because like, a lot of guys don't even know she like that. So. That's true. That's true. But yeah, no more stalling. You know what time it is, so you might as well say it with me, guys. Fuck that shit. That shit. <laughs>